0: This is Larry. And I'm Becky. Becky, you got a question for me? Yes. So, ever have days where you drag yourself out of bed because you don't want to get up or, you know, drag yourself into, in front of the mic because you don't want to do the podcast?
1: (laughs) Are you saying you don't want to do the podcast, Larry? You know
0: what? Uh, Today, I I could safely say that... uh, you came and asked, uh, hey, uh, can we record on the podcast? And I said, yeah, we, we need to do that. And you put a time on my calendar so we could sit down and do it. If I don't put it on the calendar, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then, and then you walk in my office whenever it's time. And I'm like, yeah, this ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you know, then uh, I got done doing all of what I was doing and came back and uh, went to your office. I was like, all right, you want to do this? So do you ever have days like that? Where I don't want to record? No, I, no. Just just drag yourself to do something. And then once you actually do it, you're happy.
1: I mean, always. Right? Like this morning, my alarm went off um, so I could get up and, and go for my run. And it was, oh, I don't want to do this. But I'm glad I did it. I felt better doing it. I always feel better doing it. That's a, oh, that's a horrible part of running, though, is that whenever you – or
0: any type of workout, it – it's not fun working out like like no one in the right mind. And a lot of people will argue this actually goes, you know what? I'm going to go work out. OK, I got two choices. Do my favorite thing ever. Some people work thing out ever is working. Out. I know, but it's, <laughs> it's, I, I would argue that a lot of them would say, you know, oh, I, I really do like eating cake, <laughs> you know, or, or something like that is that. It, it, there's just something about working out that is like great. Um, can't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it all. But at the end I'm
1: like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Yeah. No, I feel great. I yeah, definitely. And there are days where I'm like, I look forward to it. And then days where I'm like, I really don't want to. And I have to force myself to actually get out of bed and do it. Um, and some sometimes with work too, right. There are things that I have on my to do list. I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I think it's going to take me forever or I just don't like doing it, whatever. And then I actually do it and it's like, okay, well, that went faster than I thought it was or it wasn't as bad as I remember or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm more of the – I love the achievement. I love the uh, goal-oriented – I'm a goal-oriented person. Like I care only about hitting the goal type of thing. <laughs> and uh, you see that every morning I wake up. we have talked about this before. I wake up and I go, I'm going to do this today and i jump fly out of bed very rarely do i do i have to drag out of bed it is generally uh oh, let's go you know i'm i'm ready i'm ready to go tackle whatever i went to bed thinking that i need to tackle the next day yeah and it's great cuz you hit those uh Accomplishments, And I walk around the room like, I did
1: good today. Yeah, And well, so I get the same thing. I get the same high from completing a good job at work versus being able to just mark off things off my list. Like I, I still kind of handwrite my to do list to keep myself organized. And when I get to mark through it as done, it's nice. And in the week I see all the things I've done. It's like, okay i I was effective this week, David
0: Burlsmith used to do that he only, oh I know because he every made... time
1: I came up on his sheet because <laughs> he he had a rotation of things that got his attention and I, when I would be in the rotation every six weeks or so, I would get a bunch of emails from him.
0: was <laughs> well, says this this this, and he just likes crossing those off and I do miss his, his the the rotation as as we called it
1: is like, oh. It's my I'm week. Up, I'm up to bat. <laughs> I better have everything ready to go. I know. Joel and I would sometimes great joke about, it's your week with, with David. Week. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> Last time you were first, now
0: it's, uh, now it's uh, you again. But so I'm
1: next. <laughs> talking about that focus, the other day I was driving my younger two kids to uh, their school to drop them off. And my middle daughter goes, mommy, why are you mad? And I'm like. I'm not mad. She's like, your face looks like you're mad. <laughs> I was already thinking about work and like all the things oh. I needed to do, and so I had my my RBF. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had my RBF, and she thought I was mad about something.
0: <laughs> I know a lot of people that are like that. That they just have that pure. And I'm talking to everybody, not just RBF, but like lots of people. They're like, "Are you upset?" No, I'm thinking about something. Are you thinking about killing me? <laughs> am I next? Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of people that are like that. Mm. See, I I get that thousand year stare whenever I'm in. It, it just I'm you can tell that I'm my eyes are pointed in some direction. Yeah, and I am five thousand feet beyond it. it. Oh, I
1: know. I yeah. see those. I see those looks. I'm like, Larry is solving a big problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: And, you know, I, I enjoy solving problems. It, it, the insurance industry right now is in, in a place where there's a lot of problems to solve. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool going through and being a part of the solution, not being the solution. Yeah. But just being part of it because there's so much that needs to happen. Oh, yeah. And we uh, we talked about in the damn episode last week, all the stuff that we've been doing with, um, you know, some of our new product launches. And I felt really great about that. Um, afterwards that we kind of got that out there and it feels good that we can get something out that can help and, and people are reacting very well to Yep. And now it's like, now I'm like that, uh, junkie. You're like, I need, I need <laughs> the next one. <laughs> What's the next thing you, we can do? You got any more of those solutions?
1: <laughs> you got any more problems I can solve? Well, today, uh,
0: today I, I believe that uh, we are solving problems one drink at a time. Yes. Uh,
1: so what, what do you
0: got over in your glass today?
1: Whiskey and Diet Coke. But it, what kind of whiskey? A Colorado whiskey I had <laughs> from a, a visit of a, of a favorite sales rep.
0: Who's no longer our sales rep, by the way. I know. Uh, he's no longer our sales rep. He's so, still part of the company. Yeah, I know. So, but yeah, I'm, I am, uh, I'm also drinking something that was a gift. And so now it starts to wonder... Do we have a problem? <laughs>
1: People give up, you get that's a freaking good gift too. Yeah, I like that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what do you got this week? Okay, so I saw this article. This is a few months ago, beginning of about June, but I kept it because we were on our summer break. So I I thought it was a good article, and I kept it so that we could talk about it at some point. Um, Insure tech utopia driven by data sharing, impeded by data ownership uncertainty.
0: That title sounds so pious, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Utopia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, I, uh, I.
1: Who wrote that? Was that uh, that? What's that? It's Toggle? From, Is that from Toggle? No, it's from Carrier Management. Okay. actually. All right. Um. So it, it says, insurance insurers need to learn to share their data if they want to take full advantage of the amount of information generated from connected devices. tech executives say. So I think insure techs are finding it difficult um, to access data, to be able to share data because who who owns that? Yep. Right.
0: Well, yeah, but before we get into that, because I I kind of know where we're going based upon what I mentioned last week. Yep. This would be a perfect Solution. And by the way, we're going to double the value of this uh, episode.
1: Blockchain. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There we go. Done. (laughs) That is a perfect example of where the blockchain works. Yeah. Is, you know, a lot of people don't understand the blockchain, but it's being able to securely share data in an encrypted format Mm -hmm. and have data blocks available. And so whenever you have something, it would be really great if an insurance carrier would to an agent supply back the UBI data that they're getting from all those apps. Right now they can, they can aggregate it. They can anonymize it. They could do whatever they need to so that they don't give away trade secrets. But one thing that they should do is like, well, Hey, we've quoted this driver before we've had this driver before. And while their claim history is spotless, Wow, they're a bad driver. Right? They drive fast. They brake hard. They, you know, they're an Indy car rider. So driver, person. Yeah, I'm just thinking of a Lego guy with a <laughs> <laughs> with a too with a, with a, uh, many Legos.
1: Yeah, but so um this was from a Intratech Fusion Summit held in Silicon Valley. Back in June. Okay. So there's some quotes from, you know, some insure techs and, and whatnot in here. And it says um, one of them said he cautioned other insure tech firms not to get hung up on who owns the data data that they collect because nobody owns it. Um, you
0: know, and. and well, a, you start looking at it like GDPR and right. all that. And there is someone who owns it. The, the. The client, right? The customer. Well, that, consumer. I think that's his point. It's okay. like it's
1: not it's not the insurer's data. It's not the tax data. It's the consumer's uh-huh. data, right? Um, and you know the you know whether data is singly or jointly owned depends on the context and what permissions exist with the customers that provide the data. Uh, Insuretechs must be sure that consumers have consented to the, da- the data collection. Be aware of any restrictions that could limit use of the information, and make sure their data isn't used for nefarious purposes. So, I think it's you can't just jump into this and think, "Oh, all this data is great." You have to be very cognizant of how it's being, yeah, collected, and, what the consumers are, agreeing and how it's to, being used. Exactly, right. right? Consumers are too easy to to uh, opt in their data. Oh, absolutely. You know, they, they trade their privacy for a discount. All mm-hmm. the time. Yep. All of the time. So but that, that leads to furthering our conversation from a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about um that agencies need to be using their data. Correct. Right. What about when there is an issue between vendors or between Vendor and a carrier. Vendor and a carrier and the data that that agency has in one place, getting it to the other place. It's a massive problem.
0: Right. Because the, one of the things that, unless you are a true captive agent, you're, you're acting as a agent broker for a carrier. You have the ability to place their business with everybody else. And while you have a joint customer, it was ultimately the agency that brought the customer to the carrier and the carrier once they have that agency or that that customer, they feel like that customer is theirs mm-hmm. Now legitimately it is theirs, but it's shared and they got to remember that there was there was an agent that brought that to them. And so it was very um, it, it's it's a problem because carriers are getting better at sharing yeah but they're really only sharing through maybe one or two sources. And those one or two sources are, you know, and I name names like Ivan's or team up or something like that, that these are, these are the only ways to get data through these sources. Well, those data, those data sources are antiquated. They are old and they're pricey for the carriers and even the, the vendors that want to hit it and moving into something like the blockchain, if you had all this data available on the blockchain – and I know a lot of people have talked about blockchain and I try – I never try to really talk about blockchain.
1: Because uh, eyes just glaze over. Because
0: eyes glaze over. But this is it. This is the real use case for blockchain
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you put this all out on the the infamarial blockchain, <laughs> this, this imaginary cloud that's uh, up there. <laughs> The, the reality is is that it's not. It's just someone else's computer that's holding that for you. And w- you get a certain certificate, like a wallet ID, if you're thinking like um, um, Bitcoin. But you get this certain certificate. You get a, an ID, a, a key, a decryption key that allows you access to that block. And so all the data, this is where it actually would work is that everybody could put their data onto the blockchain, have a singular blockchain where all that data is there and it's all in the same format. And anybody that had access could share that data to have access to that data. And so then the client becomes part of that conversation. I allow you to access my data no matter where it is. I allow you, agent, to access the data, even though I have an auto policy with Progressive and a home policy with Safeco. Yeah. You can access that data. And, you know, legitimately, it is the client's data, and then it's the agent's data next, and then it's the carrier's data. Yeah. Because the agent really controls a lot more over the carrier than they they want, is that they're able to move that business at a moment's notice. And they can do it. They can move a whole book if they they want. Exactly. They can move that business whenever they want. So carriers need to be cognizant of that, and they need to make that data available to their agents so that they're giving the value add to their agents a lot more than just a commission or great claims rate, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They they need to provide some additional value that's there. And that also flips over to the vendors is that – Again, vendors, the technology vendors in the industry, they hold tomes of data. And they have the aggregated data for agencies of all their carriers, all their customers, all in one place. But they're not very good at sharing that. So, you know, there are vendors that do not share data with other vendors. And they're like, hey, this is our little walled garden. And that is just the same as carriers having the data. It's also bad that vendors have the data and it is detrimental and it creates a, a, you know, it it creates a problem for the insurance industry, the agents specifically.
1: This industry is too intertwined to keep data to ourselves, right? Agents have to rely on carriers. Carriers have to rely on agents. We all have to rely on they have you know, rely on vendors. Vendors have to rely on agents and rely on carriers. Mm-hmm. We all have to rely on each other too much to to meet our common goals. Yep. To not share data, mm-hmm. right? Because one one leg of that stool comes off and yep. it doesn't work. Yep.
0: And, and yeah, absolutely. I, I can't say anything more. I mean we've talked a lot about it on this show.
1: But OK. So what do we do? Like what can agents do? What do – I mean But carriers need to share their data. OK. But what can agents do from the perspective of getting their vendors to talk, from getting <laughs> they, their vendors to carriers to talk?
0: The first, The first thing is that they need to make sure that they have open data agreements. Not open, meaning everybody has access, but open access to their data mm. uh, with with all their vendors, with in, from a carrier. And so I was looking
1: at their EULA of the yeah, technology that they're using and seeing what
0: it says about exactly. the data. You know, and then whenever you're making a decision, do they have an API? How much does that API cost to get that data out? And we'll get to this later in the episode. But what is the security around that API? Yep. Uh, do they have you know? Do you do you, the roles, the security roles? Do they filter down to the API side as well? Right. And so we'll, we'll get into that. But the first thing is make sure that you own your data. And I would specifically ask in the buying process, whose data is this? How much, if I decide to leave you, how, how much am I going to have to pay to get my data out, to get my data out? As I've said before, it is perfectly okay. In my opinion, if you have massive amounts of data on your, on your uh, management system or rating system, or whatever it may be to, there's a fee, yeah, it, it, but it has to be reasonable. If you've got, if you've got, you know, three terabytes of data in attachments in your management system, you got to get it on a hard drive. It's not going to come on a thumb drive. It's not going to come on a CD or a DVD. So it's not easy to do. Someone's got to go pull it, put it on there, ship the drive. So there's some reasonable costs there. But if you've, you know, your size of your database is hundred meg compressed, it's 30 meg and you could zip you know email it put it on a secure site whatever it may be and someone charges you 2 or 3000 dollars that's a problem that's a huge problem and it happens all the time but also you know the pendulum swing and you can ask the same thing for the carriers too how do you use my data do you share my data do you uh, you know do you market on my data what is the what's the firewall on my data in your realm mr right. carrier so that, that's one thing. And then um, – you know. but the opposite side is, is that this oversharing world, you also make sure that you're not giving your data out yeah. and you're not just giving blanket rights. For example, some agency vendors require the agency's admin credentials to access the agency's management system. You need – there's no authorization of the system. You just get, you know, admin level access that one person inside the agency can know the codes, like just an agency admin, not the owner agency admin knows the codes. And then all of a sudden you have full access to your data. So you need to make sure that your APIs are actually protected and they follow the roles of the system. And then there is an API role. There's like, yes, this user has rights to access the API. That user does not. So you you can control that access because uh there's a legitimate complaint from one of the vendors is that they, they say, Well, oh, you know, we don't know who's gonna use the data. If you open up the data, it could be used anywhere and that's a security
1: hole. If you don't know what <laughs> <laughs> well, just, huh? You open up the data, you don't know who's going to use it. You, you, you should because yeah. you should put security around <laughs> you should it. You put some security,
0: and also you should understand that whenever you open up the data, it can be used. Yeah, but you need to have those controls. You need to have logging and auditing and all that. And so, you know, all this as um, a, a dear listener uh, mentioned, it opens up all kinds of you know issues, data security and privacy issues, violation of your terms of service and user license agreement, and the reality is that someone can take that data and sell it. And that's where you need to finally have trust right. in your vendor is that, um, you know, there, there's been, you know, vendors that have been accused of reselling data and you go through and you look at it and you find out, Oh, well they really didn't, but there are vendors, um, uh, on the lead provider side. I will, I will say, I know who exactly I'm talking about, but I won't name names, but on the lead provider side, I know some lead provider that got accused and found to be grabbing data off of leads that they sold. And then when they were – when they are one-to-one leads and they, they were actually making money off of it and that's mm-hmm. a no-no. So, you know, no vendor should be reusing your data. No vendor should be reselling your data. But vendors need to be vigilant in actually at providing access to your data securely logged audited all of that so you don't, you don't run into these ENO issues and all
1: of that yeah i absolutely agree i mean it's we we are not going to grow as an industry if we aren't going to open up our data mm-hmm. especially as technology continues to improve and grow and all of these other things are happening because the data is important to understanding what's going on no. To understanding the risk, to understanding the underwriting, to understanding the claims. And it's – if we're not going to share it, we're cutting ourselves off of the knees. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it it just it, – it, I I see it
0: both sides. Like I really do. Like we – if we don't share that – it's, it's kind of like a catch-22. We don't share the data. It it creates massive problems. You can't grow. You do share the data. Then you got security concerns and then people that, you know, can integrate with any management system out there. Well, you know, we do integrate with nearly 30 different management systems, but we come in the front door. We knock the door. We knock on it and say, hey, we would like to integrate. Let's have a two-way integration. Let's make sure that this is clean. QA tested security rights are all done. And there's just not a lot of vendors that are doing that. Yeah, which is sad.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And frustrating. Well, you know, you get calls from agents and they're interested in one of our products. And it's like, oh, do you integrate with so-and-so? I no. wish.
0: Uh, yeah, we, we're we're open. We're open. You know, we, we've always maintained that we're open to it. But also, if you're looking at a technology vendor, oh, my gosh, it's turned into a little bit of commercial. Again. <laughs> um, if you're looking at a te- uh, technology vendor, you need to make sure that, hey, have you knocked the front door? If I call them right now and ask, "Are we integrated with you?" and they say no, you know what are you going to do? Right. You need to have that open. You know, you've got to ask questions. And agents are really good at asking one question: "What? What's the price? Yep. How is it going to help me?" They don't ask these additional questions, and that's why I felt that it was important that we actually talk about that today.
1: Yeah, I know
0: the the difference.
1: I mean, there 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 are some that do actually, and I think they've they've been through. Um, circumstances where they are more concerned about their data, um, being able to get it out, being able to, to, to say, you know, do we own it? And to which our answer is always yes. Um, but it's a far minority in comparison to the, to the rest of the conversations that we have. I love, I love,
0: I love the conversation. I had one with one prospect, like, um, who owns the data? Well, you do. Well, how did I get? You know, how much does it cost me to get out? I was like, I don't know, four or five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Well, you just go to this file, export entire database, save as access database, and there you go, done. You have a you're, you have every you have piece all of, your data. You have every piece of data that I hold on you. So <laughs> It is yours.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, you own data. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. I'm
0: so glad that we
1: get already. I know I had a conver- actually had a conversation yesterday about data and how agencies can why they should be using it and how they can use it and where they can find it. And it's like, you know what do they need to get to it? I'm like they already have the things they need to get to it. They just don't always look there.
0: Yeah I, I, it's it's dumbfounding to me the number of agencies that don't use management systems or mm. have a management system that is well more than they need. Oh yeah. You know, I'm running this management system, but I only do auto. Like What? (laughs) And then you ask well, are you using all these features? Oh, it's a great system. Are you using all those features? No, 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 no. I'm just using it as I'm just really keep it uh, up to date for downloads and policy. Like, okay, well, Yeah, you're paying a premium for that. I hope, I hope you're, you're paying it off and agents need to always ask the ROI. Yeah. Just like, uh, we have to ask the ROI on uh, all these trade shows that
1: we're, <laughs> we're, <doing. laughs> we're going to. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of data talk and you know, ownership talk and everything in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And sure. Technic.
0: I, I was looking at the schedule for that mm-hmm. changing subjects now is I was looking at the schedule and there's like two or three ones that I want to attend out of all of them.
1: I have, I have several. I'm, 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 I've marked, I don't know if I'll end up going to all of them. I might go in for a little bit and if it's not interesting or a value to me i'll probably leave but i think i'm
0: just gonna play the man in the high castle and be in my room the whole time
1: (laughs) that's what you typically do at a show now yeah hey but you know
0: um i'm i'm going to less shows so at least you are
1: going to less shows we were we were talking about one show and and someone was like well laird might go and i'm like laird should not go i'm not wasting my budget on laird going to this show for him to sit in his room and and complain and wish he was back in the office. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And uh, I will go if you need somebody else to go. We don't need to send Laird. It's
0: it's not that. It's it's a bit that I've become disconnected, and it, it's not that I've disconnected from the industry. It's more that I've disconnected with. The sales process, like yeah. the the cadence and all of that. And, you know, it's to a point where I'm like, listen, I could sell this to you, but really you need to talk to this person because I'm not going to do a service for you to be talking about it. Yeah. So,
1: I miss going to shows, though. You don't miss the rigor of it, probably. Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> when you're back to back to back to back shows.
0: I remember people were really like, didn't I just see you in Florida? Like, yeah. And and then like a week later, hey, I heard uh, I heard what's his name saw you in Florida and Washington, and uh, now you're in California. I'm like, yeah, and I'll be in Illinois next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's hard being a vendor going all across the, all country. the country. I would love yeah. to be an agency that focused uh, on certain states, yeah. And you could be
1: all part of those those states, as it were. Yeah, I got there's a week what introtech week where I'm going to be in Vegas for that, and then a home for all of 15 hours before I head <laughs> to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Is it Cleveland or Columbus? Uh, one of them. I can't yeah, remember. It's, I think it's, it's, I one think it's of the, Cleveland.
0: It's one of the sea cities in, uh, in Ohio. In Ohio. There's Cleveland, several. Cincinnati, <laughs> Columbus. Columbus.
1: Yeah. It's one of them.
0: Nah, it's yeah. Th- that, that week is actually, I have, I've, I'm, I'm doing the, I'm looking at booking flights right now and I'm looking and it's like,
1: okay. You haven't booked flights yet? No,
0: because I have stringing flights together Uh, and it's like now I'm like – I have four shows in the span of two weeks. Yeah, it is like, okay, And all of them I have to attend, Uh, unfortunately. I
1: don't envy you on that at all. No, no. I mean that one week is going to be rough and I thought I I was going to have to go to the desert. Well, Vegas is the desert, but the other part of the desert Uh Um, that same week. Two and mm-hmm. then I looked at who we were sending. I'm like, we. I don't need to go. Yeah. There's plenty of people going. I don't need to go. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going because if I had gone to that show, I was been gone for seven full days in a row, yep. and I'm pretty sure I would have had some problems at home over that. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and all your stuff's on the curb. And- <laughs> oh, I didn't think you lived here anymore. <laughs> My children would have forgotten what I looked like. <laughs>
0: Yeah that's that's the ones where you just ask the pilot to fly over your house so you can drop the bag out of the plane so you can get a fresh set. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think I think we've uh I I appreciate uh our uh fine listener who mentioned that we should
1: discuss this in in further detail. Correct. Yeah. Cuz they're not wrong. The data ownership and and getting the the different parts that have the different parts of data and connecting them is is a challenge, and it's something that we do need as an industry to improve
0: yeah, and we also need to we we also need to make sure that the data is protected, yeah we need to be good stewards that, that's one of the things that i we've talked a lot about sharing your data on this podcast, but we often and you know me i'm well more security focused and minded in the in the real world that um, I'm like, you know, that, that's the first thing I think about. And we don't talk about it often, but also making sure that you have secure access and you don't permit um, untoward parties from uh, accessing your data. Yeah. Um, is critical. Absolutely. Do anything on this weekend?
1: Uh, my daughter's having a sleepover tonight. So that should be exhausting. And I'll probably spend the rest of the weekend recovering from that. <laughs> Also, it's football season, so Saturdays are usually football. Mm. Why does Ms.
0: Schroeder smell like a distillery?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a unique perfume Miss Schroeder wears.
1: Yeah.
0: It is football season, isn't it? It is. I, oh, shit. I know. You oh, don't I, care. You don't pay yeah. attention. All The only th- good thing about uh, football season starting is it starts to get cooler. Not yet. <laughs> I know. It starts. It, it's it's not 104 outside. It's 94 outside. I mean, we
1: had 100 degrees over the weekend last weekend, which yeah. was awful. I thought we were done with that for the year. Turns out not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My cup says it all.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. I think it's about time.
1: Yes. Dear listeners, what do you think about data ownership and getting your data... To the places it needs to be and getting it from the places you need it. It is up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Rick Spore. You can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. On either LinkedIn or Twitter. LinkedIn or Twitter. Yes, that is correct. Use less
0: curse words on LinkedIn though. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit more professional.
1: A little bit more professional. Yeah, it's true.
0: Less emojis. (laughs)
1: I think you can use emojis on LinkedIn.
0: You can, but you know, I, I see less emojis.
1: It's true. Not as many. Not as many GIFs either. No. GIFs? 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 Whatever. Yeah. Let's call the whole thing. Data? Off. Data? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And also subscribe if you have not subscribed yet in your favorite podcast app.
0: All right. Well... Uh... This has been a really good and uh, fun episode, as always.
1: Thanks for listening. appreciate it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, as always. It's been fun and thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a jackass. (laughs) You did that on purpose. I did not? (laughs) Yes, you did. All right. Then, maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been fun. And thanks for listening. Nope. You messed it up. (laughs) How did I mess it up? Fuck it.
0: All right, well let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. I I think we've we've tried this three times now, and uh, third times a charm. Third times a charm. Did anybody notice the cut edit? If you
1: didn't, Laird's getting really good at his editing <sighs> Take four. <laughs> this is gonna be a really long bump. <laughs> What's our longest bump ever in this my Take
0: the The bump where I did the rest of the
1: song. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> this would probably be. Oh. <laughs> There's a mic there. This is going to be second, I'm sure.
0: All right. All right. Well, it's been fun. And uh, as always, thanks for listening.
1: Holy shit! We actually did it! <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the problem is. Is that was the test version. (laughs) That
1: was the test version.
0: We still need to do the live version.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crap, I can't stop hitting the mic. All
0: right, let's do this for real. For real this time. (laughs) For realsies. Uh, Okay. All right. Well, uh, this has been a really good and uh, fun episode. And as always,
1: thanks for listening. All right. That's not bad. (laughs)